Hello, we are Becky and Gabby, your micropolitan matchmakers, coming at you every Thursday to help you find big love in your small town. Each week, we'll cover everything from dating advice, dating love stories, and horror stories, interviews with other dating experts, and much more, all from the lens of dating in a small to medium-sized micropolitan region. Heyo! Happy Thursday! (laughs) Woo! One day closer to the weekend. Let's go. Oh, God. It's it's pre-Friday, and I am... This has been a week, Gabby. I'm I'm ready. It's been a week, yes. <laughs> I'm excited. We have some fun stuff planned, and we... As of right now, we have an event this coming Sunday, yeah. weather-dependent, but it's a little hike and potluck, and so we're looking forward to seeing a bunch of you there on Sunday morning. So exciting. And I'll preview too. We've got another event coming up first thing in July. We're going to post that up on all of our channels tonight. Um, the, I makes me sound maybe a little strange, but like, I think the Albany symphony and symphonies in general are pretty cool. I do like classical music. Um, it's not the only music I like, but I love it. And we are going to be hanging the Albany symphony, which is local to Gabby and I is doing this whole like outdoor festival over the course of late June through July. And one of them's coming to our hometown. So we're going to have a little meetup and get some culture, get some drinks and meet some singles. Mm-hmm. So more info to come on that later today. We have a fun summer planned. There's just so many things, but um, I do suppose it is my week for a heart take. Let's hear it, Becky. Well, so as everybody who's been listening for a little bit knows, I've been back on the market. Um, But actually, really, I would say only in the last maybe week to two weeks have I been really... um, actually excited to start dating again and really in a good mental place for it. I I really didn't want to start going on dates until I felt like I had, you know, put a bow on the previous relationship and dealt with a lot of that. And, you know, um, and I, I think that I have, and I'm ready. And so um, my heart take for this week is to not be afraid to say yes to a date or dates with someone who is maybe a little outside of your wheelhouse, your expectations. I think dating app culture has put a lot of, has made it easy to put parameters on who we're looking for. So, you know, people often ask, like, if you're dating, like, oh, well, what's your age range? What, what type of occupation or, you know, where do you want someone to live? And there's, we're, we're so used to being able to check and uncheck boxes on a dating app profile or a dating app questionnaire that it's easy to only want to date in a certain category. And so, um, you know, I potentially have an opportunity to go on a date with someone of quite a couple of years younger than me, which is not something I do. And in fact, I kind of joked, like, I didn't even date people that age when I was that age. Like, I've always dated much older. Um but who knows? And you, you know, I, uh, I always refer back to that book, make your move, which was one of my heart takes at one point. And he talks about like, get them all, get them while they're young, even if you're not, uh, which I think is pretty funny. Um, but things like that. And, and even physically, you know, I think there's some people that say they have a type or a certain thing they're attracted to, but you know, Gabby, you've mentioned this before, so I might be cheating on a heart take, but I suppose the bottom line is being more open-minded because you really never see, never know where it's going to land. No, definitely not. And what's one date, you know, whether or not that's your person, 
you make a new friend, hopefully, you know, hopefully you get some good experience kind of talking about different things than you would normally talk about with somebody that's your type, quote unquote. Um, yeah. And also like my first boyfriend, I was not attracted to him at all for like a while. We were just talking as friends. And then as I got to know him, I started becoming more physically attracted to him. So I think that's a piece of it too, you know. Um, matchmaker Maria, who we always talk about on this podcast, uh, we both follow her extensively. She always says to give it three dates if you're yes. if you're having a good time. Not you know, don't force yourself if you're not having a good time. But if the person's cool, and even though you're not phys- super physically attracted to them, give it three dates, and yes. feelings like that do grow. I experience that all the time. So. I I love that, and I think that that is so spot on. Because, you know, you got to leave room for the magic to happen. Right. Totally. Yes. And you never know what kind of amazing things can happen from stepping outside of your comfort zone. It's very true. And your only job on a first date, I say this to my clients all the time. I know I've said it on the podcast before. The only job you have on a first date is to decide if you want a second date. That's it. That's all you got to worry about. Not if they want to have a second date. Because, you know, maybe you do and they don't. And that's fine. Um but the only job is your job because if they want one and you don't, don't go. <laughs> like that's it. It really can be that simple. That's all you yep. have to worry about. I love it. So basically cues us up for what, what we're going to be talking on the podcast. So obviously Becky and I have talked a lot about dating coaching, our own experiences with dating coaches. And now Becky has dating coach clients, which is super exciting. And I could actually use some coaching right now. So I thought this would be a perfect episode to kind of dive it like kind of take our podcast hat off for a second and just kind of pretend like it's just Becky and me in a one-to-one coaching setting talking about you know some issues that I'm having and how Becky will coach me through that just so that you can get a little taste of what a coaching session might be like so does that sound good, Becky? Yeah, okay. no, that sounds awesome. And I feel like the caveat I would love to add before we start is um, when I first started coaching, and it's funny, I actually had a conversation with one of my clients about this not too long ago, who's a newer client. When I first started coaching, every session for those like first few, it was like, we're going to cover this in session one, and I'm going to ask these questions in session two. And I'm a planner. I'm very organized and structured. And that's kind of how my business started. But the longer I've been doing this, the more it's, you know, I, it was obvious and something I knew, but the more it's become even more blatantly obvious is obviously everyone is dealing with similar themes, but different issues and brings their own set of baggage, not even bad baggage, just baggage, the history and stories that they tell themselves and and that they've come to know. And so this session uh, I'll put in air quotations is going to be unique to Gabby because Gabby's problems are unique or or issues, things she wants to cover are unique to Gabby. Every coaching session of mine at this point looks different. Even the intakes, even those first few meetings as I'm getting to know someone, it's really all about the client, not about my plans for them. And so this will definitely give you a flavor in terms of how I approach coaching, the questions I might ask, but every piece of advice, every session I should preface. It it does. It looks a little different, which is what makes it so much fun. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. And everyone's coming at it with different experiences and a different level of confidence in dating. So um, yeah, I'm excited to dive right in. And like I said, um, I have worked with a dating coach before um, and it's been very helpful for me in my dating mindset. It's 
still really need to work on. I think even if I become in a serious relationship is something that I could really benefit from. Um, and that's kind of what I'm going to be talking about a little bit today with Becky. So I'm just going to dive right in and tell you kind yeah. of what I've, what I've tell been me what, what I've Tell been me what you want to be coached on, Gabby. That's kind of how I start always. What's going on this week? And, and tell me more. Let's go. So, um, in the last episode, I think I told all of you that I was seeing somebody for about three months and it was totally awesome. And I thought it was with somebody that I could really see a future with our values aligned, um, you know, our lifestyles aligned, our goals aligned and around the three month mark, um, he kind of ghosted me in a little bit. Well, didn't like completely ghost me, but he did, um, say that he was with somebody in the past who was similar to me in the sense that I had some insecurities surrounding our relationship because if he, if there were certain things that he did or said that he would do and he didn't do them, I automatically jumped to a conclusion that he was with somebody else. Um, we had talked about like making things official and he said he wanted to do that, but he wanted to wait a little while. So I was kind of sketched out, you know, after three months of dating, why can we not like make this official? And I started questioning things. And so that's kind of high level what happened. And he said that he didn't want to be involved with somebody who had those same issues that he's deal dealt with in the past. And that was the end of that. So I think really what I want coaching on would be how not to let these disappointments you know, this person that I dated for three months, I really thought like we were going somewhere. The last couple of people I've dated similar things actually around the three month mark, I feel like it kind of like broke down. How do I one not become bitter? Because there is a part of me that is like, what is the point? Like I three months is kind of a long time to invest in somebody in the talking stage, quote unquote, you know, just dating and getting to know one another and like creating um, expectations for each other. And then it just literally like, no one wants to have a conversation about these things. They just want to end it. Um, so one, how do I stop being bitter and, you know, engage in another experience that could potentially turn into a relationship? And also how do I stop those insecurities from my past experiences getting in the way of my current experiences? There is so much to unpack in that. Um, and I think these are things that I'll caveat one more time that, you know, normally I work with my clients for a minimum of three months and I'm actually even toying with expanding that further because there's oftentimes this many layers that people are coming to me with, with things to unpack. Um, you know, a lot of what you're saying is are things that he's mirroring back to you and you're taking those things to be truths. And so um, I'd love to start, I think, with the insecurity piece. I think that might be a, a good place and we can kind of roll from there. When you're talking about insecurities, it's a really big kind of generalized term. What, what are those insecurities? So in terms of if you're defining First of all, are you defining that as an insecurity or are you communicating a need? Mm, 
that's something that hopefully you can help me with because I have a hard time differentiating the two. Okay. Um, so I would say in this particular situation, this person had dated women in the past that just are completely different than me in so many ways. Like from a lifestyle standpoint, from a value standpoint, um, he's told me, you know, about these women and they just are literally the complete opposite of me. So initially I was kind of thrown off by that because I'm just completely different. Like why would he want to date somebody like me after? Yeah. Um, and so when things happen, like I'll talk to you when I get home or I'll know when I get here and he didn't do those things I automatically went into the mode where like oh he's with some other woman who's probably like those other women that he used to date and yes maybe he likes me and he's having fun with me but like he needs that too on the side so honestly like I started kind of like going through his Instagram followers and like was looking through some of the conversations he had under different posts and things of that nature and um I just really kind of like hyped myself up into thinking that he wouldn't want to be with somebody like me because I'm so different. And then these little pieces, pockets of inconsistency and communication, when he said he was going to do those things, that just like completely opened me up to harping on those issues that I have with, you know, thinking somebody else, someone's, you're always going to choose someone else. You're never going to choose me. So we've talked about the book attached. Yes. And this is usually the point because a lot of the people I work with happen to have anxious attachment styles. And this is sort of like a very classic textbook case of anxious attachment and not to put you into a category because obviously there's so many nuances that come with this, but really his behavior was activating your anxious attachment. Unfortunately, that activated something in you where you didn't feel safe in a space to go to him directly to talk about some of these things. Instead, your anxious attachment brain is looking at Instagram and, and running wild in these, all these different directions. Yeah. Typically in this situation, if you were still talking, but I think it's important whether you're still in this situation, which we know you're not, but maybe to prepare yourself moving forward, it sounds like what you really need to get clear on, and this is homework that I would generally assign, is to think through what you need in terms of communication. What do you need to feel secure and happy? Because that kind of gives you the opportunity once you're super clear on that for yourself you can, uh, the book attached, it talks about Mirandizing your partner. And I love this concept because you set, essentially you're setting them up for success. You can't tell them how to make you feel good and secure in a relationship if you don't know what those things are. So normally I would say, you know, if we have another appointment coming up in a week, journal on this, let's sit on it and we could talk about it a little bit more. And that's what, that's what we can do now. But normally I, I do like to give some time for you to really sit and contemplate that and come back to it a couple times throughout the week in between appointments. But what are the things, if you have some that come to mind right now, that make you feel really secure and grounded when you're with someone that could potentially be a partner for you? Yeah. Um, I do think 
you know, for me, reliability is one of the biggest things. Like when someone says that they're going to do something and they don't do it, that's like a huge issue for me. Um, and that's kind of what was happening in this situation. You know, he said like, oh, I'll call you here or I'll call you then. I'll do this. I'll do that. And he wasn't following up on some of those things. And mind you, there was a lot of other things that he did that was really great and health, like in my opinion, was very healthy um, in our relationship when it came to communication. So that's why I'm kind of like feeling like I'm crazy because I'm like, we. it's not that we didn't talk every day. Like we talked every day. We talked a lot. But then, you know, at night when he was going out with his friends and he said he was going to call me, he never called me. So it was like, why can't I just get over like that one missed phone call when we had like such a great day, you know? So I'm starting to be like, okay, like maybe he's right. Like maybe I am completely like misjudging the situation because he is putting in a lot of effort 90% of the time. But that 10% of the time, it really hurts my feelings when, you know, he said he's going to do something and and he's not going to do it. And prior to that sort of larger conversation where things kind of ended, had you talked to him about that? I did. Yeah, actually twice. And um, both times he apologized and said that he would focus on communication and he would do better in that aspect. Um, And yeah, I guess, you know, he didn't really necessarily keep his word in that aspect, but I did talk, talk to him about it and as we got closer to the end, I did open up and I, there wasn't a specific instance of something that happened. It was kind of just me feeling comfortable enough to open up to him saying, you know, in the past, when you didn't do what you said you were going to do, the reason that makes me feel insecure is because X, Y, and Z. And then I start to think X, Y, and Z. I'm not accusing you of anything. It's just my own internal issues that I'm trying to work with. And he seemed really understanding and supportive and, was trying to reassure me that I didn't need to ha- feel those feelings. I was just kind of giving him a heads up. And then two days later is when I guess he decided that like, he didn't want to be with somebody like that. Well, and again, I mean, just to validate you in this situation, you did exactly what it was you needed to do from what it sounds like from everything you just told me in terms of holding the mirror up to you and, and kind of looking into what those actions were. You communicated where it was coming from. You communicated mm-hmm what your needs were. I need you to do what you say you're going to do. If you're going to be out with your friends, it, you know, and maybe it could have been a deeper conversation in, in terms of you would communicate a need. Maybe he can't quite meet that need, but he can counter offer with something else. Like a, a lot of relationships is, is a discussion and a negotiation to figure out how to, how to, you know, work together to be for each other, what you need. But in my head, and again, like I get, I read so much about, I love like this. I I love reading about relationships. I love reading about communication and someone who is going to be an ideal partner for you is going to not want you to feel that way. So instead of simply saying, well, you don't need to feel that way. No, you need to, you need to work with me and show me. And that's the thing that I love about the book attached for those who haven't read it. It doesn't downplay or make people with an anxious attachment style, which a lot of us have, you know, men can have it too, but especially women, it doesn't make you feel bad for having it. There's no shame in it. It all like any attachment style that we have and that we've developed, it, it stems in childhood. There's so little that we have control over when it comes to that, except for how we mitigate it. 
And the way you mitigate it is doing exactly what you did, communicating your needs. You have to know those needs to communicate it, but being vulnerable and sharing that information about yourself, knowing what you need from your partner to feel secure, that's the first step. And once you communicate it, it is then up to them to decide. And I love this concept. Um, Another person I just really love to follow and their banter and approach is really funny, but like Matthew Hussey and his brother, Steven, um, they have some great content out there about dating. And uh, I was watching a video not too long ago and their concept of invest and test. So especially at the beginning of a relationship, you invest a bit of emotional energy, you invest a bit of your time, and then you test and see what's returned. So in this situation, you've invested three months worth of time. You get to a point where you're feeling maybe, tell me if I'm wrong, a bit overwhelmed with sort of what I was hearing with this emotion. You're feeling not not great, not secure. Your anxiety is activated. So you're going to invest this emotional energy. And I, I keep going because you're nodding at me. I should let you speak because most people are no. listening, not watching this. No. Um, but, but as we're communicating non-verbally, so you, you decide you've invested this three months of time. You have this energy. Now you're going to invest just a little bit more in terms of your vulnerability and that emotional energy to share. And you tested to see what the response would be. Mm. And unfortunately, he failed that test. He yep. decided, and certainly it would have been a more grown up way for him to deal with it if he could have shared with you directly, no, this isn't something I'm willing to do. This isn't what I'm looking for. This is not where I'm at right now. That would have, you know, in anybody's mind, been a better way to do it than just kind of piecing out of the situation and feel like leaving you feeling ghosted. But what I always say in terms of ghosting, no matter what stage of the relationship it is, it's an answer. You're not standing confused. You know exactly where you stand with this person. And as much as that sucks and feels terrible right now, it's far better than trying to conform and mold yourself into these different shapes to figure out and be what you think this person wants you to be. And forever, because if you do that in the beginning, how do you ever get out of that? Yeah, you're so right. Yes. And I should, you know, I think that it's frustrating, obviously, for me, because I've invested in what feels like so many people so many times, and it just ends in disappointment every time that part of me is like, oh, I'm glad I figured that out three months in and not two years in, or I wasn't, you know, I didn't conform myself to things that I didn't want or didn't believe in just to make this person want to stay with me. But then that other piece of me comes up that it's like, is it worth it anymore? Like, is it worth to keep investing in some in new people and be disappointed again and again? Like I'm my logical brain is like, no, stop. Like you could, you can find love and you can find somebody who is able to provide you with those things that you need and be a good communicator. But then the, subconscious piece in me is like why are you wasting your time you're just gonna get hurt again and again stop being vulnerable and be done with it well when you when you think those thoughts how do you feel um hardened but at the same time kind of like eh 
I guess life would be easier if I just like kind of gave it up altogether. And I just got into a friend's benefit situation and, you know, wasn't actively like actually investing time and energy into somebody. Um, I am talking to somebody now that I'm planning on going on on a date or two with, but I'm just afraid that I'm going to enter back into that mindset and it's going to make me pull away or um, not completely engage with him based on my past. Even just watching you now and and for those listening, like your whole, um, your shoulders drop when you say that and like your your posture kind of like droops a little bit. And when I ask how you feel when you think these thoughts, you know, what is the actual, if you could like narrow it down to one feeling or two feelings, I'm, I'm watching you shift and kind of turn in on yourself. Um, I, when I'm thinking the thoughts of those bitterness feelings, is that what you're focused on? Yeah. Um, kind of just like apathetic and not excited about unexcited. So how do you want to feel about your dating life? I want to feel excited and passionate, but it's like every time I feel like I invest in those feelings, a lot of your energy, right? Like even though they're good feelings, they take a lot of energy And it's like, I keep expelling that energy and it's a lot. And then it just gets cut off. And then I feel the opposite effects of the energy. And so it's like, yes, I want to feel excited, but I also want to keep feeling excited. And it just, the, the roller coaster of it feels too hard to manage right now. So what if it was easy? What would dating look like if it felt in flow? Um... It would be awesome if it was easy. <laughs> well, and I guess what I'm getting at, and this is something my coach tells me all the time, is it it doesn't always feel like it. And I get this, but you can choose. Yeah. You can choose the thoughts that you want to think about dating. And when you're tired and you're exhausted and you're hurt, you have to, and you're sad, you're lonely. Those are feelings you do have to feel and you have to sit in those feelings Um, You know, for me, I journal through those feelings. I meditate sometimes through those feelings. You do have to let your body experience it so that you can release it. But if you could just figure out, like, write down the thoughts that you have that are making you feel not excited, you don't even have to necessarily believe these thoughts at first, but as as an initial practice, write down a thought to replace for all of those thoughts that don't make you feel great what's a way you can turn them that makes you feel better. And um, I think I've mentioned her before, but Gabby Bernstein is an author that I really, really like and kind of one of her mental tricks to pull her out of those places that she talks about. It's kind of this next best thought or this next best thing. And I find myself doing that sometimes when I'm, I'm not feeling so great is like, well, you know, maybe I'm pissed that I just got ghosted and I'm never going to find someone and fuck this whole thing. Right. Maybe I can't get from that to my husband's the next person I'm going to date or like this is going to be so great or dating is so fun and easy. Like the jump to from one place to another is huge. But if you can just find the next best thought and maybe that's where you stop. But if you can maybe maybe find the next best thought after that next best thought and just 
practice going there in your head that it, it can be a stepladder back to feeling good right. about these things. I love that. Yeah. Journaling is something I do a lot of on all different aspects of life. So I'm definitely going to take that advice and I'm looking forward to kind of exploring those feelings more. And you know, obviously in a journal, you can be super vulnerable because you know, nobody Absolutely. reads it. Um, so kind of exploring those thoughts and even figuring out the root, writing down the roots of those thoughts too, I think is going to be really beneficial for me, but thank you, Becky. I always feel so much better when I talk to you about things. You kind of just like, sometimes the thing about dating coaching too, which I, which I love is that even though you feel like you might be a very highly intelligent, emotionally intelligent person or an intelligent person, and you feel like you kind of know how to get through stuff. Sometimes, even even though you might give really good advice, at, you know, to your friends and relationships and, and dating, sometimes you really need that outside person to come in and pull you out of your own mind. It's like, yes, I would tell my friend to do these things. But when it comes to my own internal thoughts and my own internal uh, mindset and my actions, sometimes you need a coach to kind of just work you through that. And so, and so really this is what I'm trying to say is I think it's so beneficial for everybody at any stage of a relationship or not in a relationship at all to use a, a dating coach and kind of have that person on the outside come into the inside and, and kind of pull you in that right direction. You know, and there's a couple things that I loved about what you just said. And, and one of them is a trick I often use for myself is, you know, what would you tell your friend or some in some cases now that I've been doing the dating coaching, you know, what would you tell your client if they were sitting in your shoes? I think that's huge. One other little mini piece of homework that I think I would give you in this situation and you can trash or treasure, take it or leave it, but thinking the universe or thinking the situation, thinking the person. There is a lesson, uh, this is something I'd love to leave everyone with, but there is a lesson to be learned from every interaction, every relationship, long or short, doesn't matter whether it works out or not. And something that I found really cathartic, very helpful for me, whether it's a date that I was really into that ghosted me or a relationship that was a little bit longer is certainly you know, sometimes it's nice to just write out all the reasons that someone really sucked and just get it out. Cause then you can look at it and be like, yeah. And you know, kind of like <laughs> get that out. But yeah. I actually find it more helpful to write down the reasons, the lessons that I learned from them and then thank them for it. And mm -hmm. one example I use a lot, the person I was dating, I don't even know. I think we were dating for maybe four or five months. Um, it was the person I dated before my most recent ex in the summer of 20. 2021, um, 2020, we weren't together very long, but it had been a long time before I was with someone seriously prior to that, um, probably over a year. And I started getting to this point, especially because of COVID where I'm like, I live alone. I've got my dog. I have my rhythms, my routines. Like I have a pretty good life. Do I even kind of what you were saying, do I even want this? And he sort of popped up out of nowhere. He was a friend of a friend and it was a setup because dating and COVID was weird. Um, and we connected and clicked. And because we lived close together, we ended up spending a lot of time together and it ended sort of abruptly. And, and I was sad about it, but 
I got to a place where I could thank him because what I realized is he was someone who showed me, I actually do want this. And I could enjoy being around someone for long stretches of time. Cause I was like, I don't know, I'm kind of an introvert. Like I like my space. Will I ever want this? And, and I did, and it was nice. And as much as it hurt when that went away and that sucked, I went back out into the dating pool after I had dealt with those feelings, feeling renewed, like, yes, this is something I'm looking for. I know I want a partner. I'm one more person closer to my person and really thanking that. And it does kind of help alleviate the ugh of it. (laughs) And like, sometimes it's easy to be angry in the beginning and that helps you release it, but that actually helps me move through it and move on from it. So thanking the universe. I do that in my journaling for, you know, and you can thank the person themselves. You can thank your deity or whatever you believe, but that's a practice that I find very helpful. I love that so much. Yeah. Like focusing on the good that came out of it and the lessons learned. I'm definitely going to adopt that. I love it. And it's true. I mean, like even that three month little relationship, I learned so much about myself and who I can be as a partner. And um, yeah, I love it. Thank you so much. Doesn't it feel so much better to think that that person is out there? I mean, and it's not just one person. There's lots of people that could be your person. But doesn't it just feel better to know that it's coming? Yeah. Right. It's like every step, it's kind of like a staircase, you know? It's like every person I date, it's like that step closer. Absolutely. So thank you, Becky. And I definitely am going to do my homework. And if anybody is interested in even a consult with Becky for dating coaching, definitely reach out to us. Um her schedule is booking up fast though. So we've got these matchmaking consults just coming so hot and it's so much fun. Yes. But thank you all so much and check our website for upcoming events and we will be back next week. Like review, share all the things and have a great day. Bye. Bye everybody.